Andrew is the Aussie bloke living in the US. Heather is the American gal living in Australia. Together, they travel the world sharing strategies on how to put your business on autopilot. Doing business online is no longer about having a website. To get more clients and take care of the ones you have, you will need a map. They've got it. So sit back and relax and welcome aboard. This flight is bound to autopilot your business. In today's podcast, we are talking about great customer service. Make sure to grab our free business automation guide now and get access to other special bonuses. Head on over to aybpodcast.com. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to podcast number 86. This is Andrew McCauley from Autopilot Your Business, and we are talking about great customer service. We're going to talk about some of the customer service bits and pieces that we've come across, and we thought we would share those with you. Now, when I say we, of course, I'm talking about Heather Porter. Hello, Heather. Hey, Andrew. Hey, you left out the lovely Heather I Porter. Did on, I did that on purpose today just to see if you were listening to my, <laughs> my intro. Ah, how are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm very well hanging out here in good old Sydney, and you're over there in good old Palm Springs. How's it going? Good old Palm Springs is still warm. It's uh, We had some flash flooding the other day. We had uh, three inches of rain in an hour, which is pretty crazy considering our annual rainfall is one inch per year. Oh, gosh. We had three in an hour and uh, being in the desert, it's very hard ground and there is nowhere for the water to go. So flash flooding was everywhere. Three hours later, we were as dry as a chip again. It's amazing, isn't it? It's <laughs> crazy. It's crazy. Um, but anyway, that's that's Palm Springs and I'm here. <laughs> And being in Palm Springs, what have you learned over the last week? Uh, <laughs> I'm always learning things in Palm Springs. But um, I'll tell you what I did uh, come across. There is some local news here that I'm going to share with everyone. Now, this may not be relevant to everybody specifically, but I think it will reach across the across the world. Um, and that is a, uh, a bill that was passed by California state government. Recently, the governor, Jerry Brown, signed a law that prevents consumers from facing legal action from businesses over negative reviews. So basically the law keeps businesses from being able to prevent customers from writing negative reviews because what was happening was that um, businesses were trying to fine or um, make it hard for people to write a negative review about their business. Mm. So um, there's some pretty hefty fines. But um, you know, recently you may have heard you may have heard of this one, H. But there was a hotel that came under fire for charging guests five hundred dollars if anybody from their party, I think it was a wedding, and they were going to charge these these the, the um, people that had the wedding five hundred dollars if any if any of their guests wrote a negative Yelp review. Yeah, I did hear about that. Shocking, huh? Crazy. So. I mean, I I get that reviews can be the lifeblood of businesses. You know, if you cop a negative review, uh, people look at it and they, you know, plant a seed in their head. And I get that it's not a good thing to have one. But um, this company, this hotel that did this, I remember following the story a couple of weeks ago. And because they wrote that, and this is part of their policy, the amount of abuse they copped from everybody in itself was its own worst review, you know, (laughs) and it did a lot of damage to this hotel. And, uh, Anyway, so um, there's some other people trying to pop up uh, and do the same thing. So Jerry Brown, the governor, came out and said, you know what, this is going to stop. We're going to call it, I think they call it the Yelp Bill, Um, and it's all about freedom of speech, I guess. 
Yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing. And, and such a timely, what did you learn for the topic we're discussing today as well, customer service. So, yeah, well, there you go. There you go. But before we do that, what did you learn? What, what What's come across your desk this week? Yes, so this is very cool. So I was noticing that um, So our, on our Facebook page, which is Autopilot Your Business, come on by, guys, say hello. <laughs> um, we put videos up on there. So sometimes Andrew and I will just we'll talk about an c- upcoming show or we'll have our, our guests from Make It Simple TV, which is our online sh- um, TV show do little plugs as well. And, and we've been using video. So what I noticed in the last probably week or two is this little play bar um, or statistic bar has popped up under the videos. So as the admin of a Facebook page, when you put videos on your page, now these are the videos that you upload directly to Facebook, you can actually see the views, which is really cool. Before, you know, you can kind of get stats on your posts and what, you know, which ones are getting clicked on, but now you're actually seeing the video views directly under the videos. And what's interesting about that, and I think it's why they're, they've done that is because since June of this year, there are now averaging 1 billion video views every single day on Facebook of which two thirds are in mobile devices. So I think you, I think you might've dropped out there. Did you say billion with a B? I did. I did. It is huge. It's definitely becoming the next medium of choice on Facebook, isn't it? Wow. One billion views a day on, mm-hmm. um, on, on Facebook. Um, YouTube, I think from memory has about 4 billion a day, which is just phenomenal. That's mm-hmm. a lot of videos. That's nearly every person in the world watching a video every day. Crazy. Um, and did you say, was there another stuff that you just said? Yeah, two thirds of our on mobile devices. So the majority of them are being watched on a mobile device. Wow. If that's not indication that uh, the world is heading mobile and you haven't got a website that's ready for that, uh, pack up. Exactly. And I think that the key thing here is that think about conversation. We always say use your online presence in a conversational sort of way, you always want to get people saying things back and engaging back with you. And um, this is proof right here that that there's lots of action going on with video. So it's so easy and it's so fun to do. You can quickly, you know, record on your your phone and just upload it through your app, check in with your, your page, uh, your fans of your page, and just little quick tips, little short videos. It's great to do and it definitely will help with your engagement. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's interesting. Interesting mm. stuff. And I've noticed those... Uh, Views just popped up recently too, and it's and it's good. But I'm glad you clarified that it's for videos that uh, you load up yourself yes. on Facebook, and it's not for videos that you're dragging in from YouTube or anything like that. That that's correct. So that's key thing to keep in mind. And and we we've said before as well, use the social media platforms for the ways that they're meant to be used, and you'll get rewarded. So in Facebook, when you upload your your video to them, they'll reward you with more views, and you get more stats and that sort of stuff. So Think of it like that. So let's talk about customer service. Yes, customer service. You know, the iPhone 6 just came out this week and uh, you can't buy the iPhone 6 now for four weeks. There is a massive uh, wait for this thing to come out. Now, you know, we're talking about why do people wait so long for that sort of thing? And, and, and is, it the, is it the best product in the world? That's why people are waiting. Well, nobody knows what the product's like. So how can you put it down to being the product? I guess Apple is all about customer service. You know, it's a it's a it's a known brand that has a lot of good things to it. And I just thought, well, maybe we could talk about a few key things that you and I have experienced as far as customer service goes, 
and uh, just talk about what's been the good points of our customer service. Yeah, yeah, I, I love this idea because we have we've both witnessed some great things that we're going to talk about. We've heard um, we were just you know on our show with Eric on Make It Simple TV, and he had a great story that we want to share with you guys as well about customer service. Um, and I guess the idea would be here is just to start to think about how you can use it better in your business because, like you're mm. saying, Andrew that places like Apple, they build their tribes because they have such an amazing way of connecting with their customer, huh? Yeah, they do. They do. And I've been involved with Apple a little bit in the last couple of weeks because of my technical difficulties with my <laughs> MacBook Pro. And, uh, you know, 99% of the time they've been really, really good. So um, I thought, well, that's a good good, a good a segue into about uh, customer service with the iPhone 6 being launched and how crazy that is that it's the most – popular iPhone to date, I believe, mm. so far, as far as pre-orders go. It's amazing. <laughs> mm. So we have chosen four points that um, we've come across that are really great things to take into mind uh, or take into consideration when you're doing great customer service. And the first one is random gifts. So unexpected gifts that you send to your clients when they least expect it. Yeah, yeah. No, we as you said, we heard uh, we heard from Eric Lingenfelder, who's uh, was our guest on Make It Simple TV, and he had one that uh, it wasn't his his idea, but it was from somebody else that we both recommended in the past podcast. Do you want to run us through what this person did? Yeah, so so I mean, I may not get the story a hundred percent because even Eric was saying I might have missed a couple details. But the story basically goes that um, Gary Vaynerchuk, which is sort of an online evangelist basically he he started out with this it was basically wine tutorial videos for the common day person to teach him how to appreciate wine and that led sales into his parents wine business now what they did and what he did is he just kind of randomly was looking through his client base and he found somebody that just purchased a $15 purchase nothing more just a $15 bottle of wine. And what he did from there is look this guy up online and got to know him via his Twitter account. So via mm. social media, he went and listened to this guy, found out that he was a fan of a certain sport team in, um, I think it was a football team or something in America. And basically, so he found out that he's a fan. He went out and he bought a signed jersey and then he had it shipped to this guy just with a little thank you note, randomness out of the blue here, you know, just thinking of you. Thanks so much for being one of our past clients. Mm. Sent that to him in the mail. The guy gets it and then ends up, I think he was traveling. He's a busy guy, business guy, and then traveling for a week. But after a week, he ends up responding back to Gary and just absolutely shocked, amazed, grateful. Now think about what that would have done for this guy as far as him being a raving fan of that company. Yeah, I think the thing that you didn't mention either was this guy just bought a $15, $15 bottle of wine. It wasn't as if he was no. a massive spender at the shop. It was just a small purchase. But this small purchase is going to turn into um, some amazing word of mouth. You know, for the cost of a signed football jumper, it was going to be a very good experiment. So um, anyway, he, he did that and apparently got some pretty good results out of it as well. Amazing. And another thing like we've done before with some of our clients is that um, we'll find out about their business. I remember one of our, our clients from way back, she had a speaking company and, um, you know, her whole thing was at that time finding speakers, getting them on the stage, and then obviously bums on seats, filling the room. And so we looked 
at how perhaps we could give her something of value. And we found a, a book on Amazon that was basically kind of insider promoter tips for filling a room. Mm. And we bought that and, you know, just as a little welcome for her coming on board with us. And we had that shipped over to her office and things like that. I mean, like we've done that before, things like that go such a far away, especially if you take the time what Gary did to actually get to know the person and their business and not do like a blanket gift. So really understand where they're coming from and how you can help them. Yeah. Yeah, I remember doing one back in the pubs. I know I've got a few stories about this in <laughs> pubs and stuff. Yeah. Um, but you know, we, I used to manage a, a hotel that had slot machines or poker machines, and uh, we had a, we had some big players there. That you know, these guys would come in and spend. Yeah, they they had a bit of cash, and they were spending fifteen to twenty grand a day on these poker machines, which is a fair a fair wad of cash. And um, you know. So they were great, and they they didn't have a specific reason to come. I mean, there was a bunch of other places that they could have gone to, and they came to ours. And just as an appreciation, I um, remember it was Christmas time, and I gave them a um, it wasn't a bottle of scotch; it was a box of bottles of scotch. You know, there was twelve oh, wow. bottles of scotch because I knew they drink scotch because they were always asking. It. And yeah. coming Christmas time, you know, about a month out before Christmas time, they probably want to give presents to people that you know their staff and whatever. So I gave them a whole case of scotch. It probably cost me $500. But that $500 came back to me four or five times or six times or more every single week. Brilliant. You know, so it's like, you know, one off. And, and so they they became clients because they knew that we gave them over and above a free drink at the bar or a free coffee, which every other place was doing. You know, here's a free case of scotch. They're like, wow, that's pretty cool. And, you know, I remember people looking at me going, what are you doing? That's that, you know, that's $500. I'm like, I don't care. Look how much money they're bringing in. If they mm. don't bring in five, if they don't, if they stop coming next week, I might as well buy three bottles of scotch, three cases of scotch and throw it out the door. Yeah, exactly. So, no, that's, that, that, what a great point. So I think that the key thing here is that just, you know, there's so many amazing resources out there online now where you can go and just like Amazon, you can find any retail shop online that will ship out products or their their products for you, even gift wrapped. So there's no excuses other than obviously time, but to get to know your clients a bit more. But that's such a powerful thing that you can do. So random gifts when it's least expected are fantastic. And we're talking not digital gifts necessarily, although you could do that, but actual things that they can touch and feel. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I got a random gift the other day. Oh, really? I got a, it? Yeah, I got a random gift from uh, somebody that I, I spoke at an event and uh, she emailed me and said, hey, I just got need some advice. And I emailed her back and gave her some answers. And then all of a sudden I get a $25 Starbucks card. You know, like, hey, that's pretty cool. You know, so that was a random gift. And, and I'll always uh, – now, you know, I'll always think of her now and think, you know, this is great. And, and it, didn't have, it wasn't a lot, but it was, uh, it, was, it was perfect. It was really good. So Yeah, very good. There you go. I was a victim of one. Yay. Love it. <laughs> Rightfully so. Um, now, handwritten cards is another one that's fantastic. The The idea of um, actually, like I know, and, and again, that's something that Eric told us about, but this has been in my sort of sphere of, of consciousness for a very long time because we are addicted to texting, emails, digital to get a handwritten card is something that's so unique nowadays that it, it actually makes you feel like, wow, they, they took the time to get a card to write in it and then actually put it in the mail for me. I know. You know? That is, it is, it is amazing how we're almost going full circle. I mean, this just goes, also goes back to 
you know, direct response marketing as well mm-hmm. that, you know, sometimes you, we've, we're so engulfed with that digital part of it that even handwritten notes to businesses these days will get opened much quicker because who writes handwritten notes anymore? Nobody. So they're different. Exactly. They stand out from the mail. So handwritten notes, um, but they don't even have to be in mail, do they? I know you've got an example of um, no. a friend of yours that was – Uh, doing it to people at an event, right? Yeah, I love this story. So, you know, I've talked about this before. We we both have big histories and events, and there's a time when I was working for Tony Robbins. And one of the the women there that I looked up up to quite a bit and, you know, build a friendship with, Lauren Slocum, she was the crew director. So her job was to basically recruit and manage and train volunteer staff at all of Tony Robbins' events, big events around the world. And what she did that I absolutely loved is at the end of each event, she would herself, she's very busy, obviously, running this huge team, she would go out, she would buy or she'd bring cards with her. And then she would take time over the entire weekend of the event to write down little personal facts about each person, things that they did that they didn't, you know, maybe they wouldn't think that anybody noticed. So she would write these little notes. And at the end of the weekend, she'd write a quick little card to each of her crew saying, you know, I noticed you did this thing. What a beautiful thing you did. And really incredible personalized touch of saying thank you to her volunteers, where not only did they feel very appreciated, but they also wanted to come back. And if you're running a business on volunteers, of course, you need to take really good care of them because that's how your business is going to grow. You want them to come back. So great story of just using that. But also, Andrew, I remember one time, you know, four years ago now or three years ago, I um, engaged a VA for a little while and what they did, I loved as well. So as soon as I came on board, they sent me a card in the mail and it said, um, you know, we're so excited to have you on board. If we do our job right, then you will be able to have a time, I guess, a timeline or, or a work week that looks like this. And they included a um, four hour work week book in that. So they not only sent me the gift, uh-huh. Uh-huh. they also sent me a handwritten card that it said, like, if we do our job right for you, then your life's going to look like this, which is pretty cool because it also got me excited. Yeah, really. Yeah, it's good. I remember you talking about that too, and you spoke about it for a while <laughs> after that too. So. Made an impact, obviously, right? So, yeah. So what else? So another one, what do we have outside of that? Number three. Uh, we've got polls mm. or feedback. You know, what sort of what sort of things can you dig up or find out uh, from your customers that could entice better customer service. You know, so you may have feedback forms for or feedback surveys that, that people take. You know, when somebody buys something from you online, whether it's digital, well, let's say it's digital for the moment, but uh, you could always have a thank you page and say, well, we'd love to know how we went, uh, what sort of service do we offer, and you can go back and do a survey. There's a lot of sites out there that, um, especially service sites like, Fiverr.com and Elance, they always ask for feedback about the particular provider um, so that they can not only get good kudos for their good work or bad bad, bad comments for their bad work, but also gives the uh, Fiverr website or the actual hosting website an indication of the quality of staff that they've got working for them, a quality of freelancers they've got working for them as well. Yeah, and you know how like all the events that we've done, no matter what speaker we've worked for, even our own events that we've run, our fireside chat events, what we always 
would do is give feedback forms at the end of the event to everybody in there. And they had the opportunity to even be anonymous on those forms. They didn't have to put their name on it. So, um, you know, always be looking for how to get feedback. If I think a good thing to do too, especially as your business starts to grow is, is to have a third party on your team actually go to the client at the end of the project, not the person that was working with the client, but have a third party to come in and say, Hey, really excited. Your project is finished. Um, love to hear your thoughts. You know, you can tell me anything good or bad. And because that's not the person that was working with the client, they might be a little bit more open to telling the truth. Yeah. (laughs) I just want to go back to one thing you said about the, um, the events where we had, Oh, yeah. Where the clients, the clients, uh, we'd often send out a, a um, uh, sorry, a survey into the audience to say, hey, how, how was the, how was the event? Did you get lots of information? What, what sort of information would you want to find out more about? So on and so on. But uh, not only that, but often there's staff who work at these events too, and you can have some help, you know, assistance when you're running your own events. Um, it's always a good idea to get them to fill in some feedback too, so they can see because. You know, they're they're in the they're the, they're your eyes and ears across the board, and if they're looking at things from a perspective, and they might say, well, you know what, I think next time you do this event, it would be better if you did this, this, or this, so that you're getting some different viewpoints from a management of the events side rather than a um, a a uh, client's perspective. Content. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the other thing I want to do mention is that I've been involved with coffee. You and I have been involved with a lot of events. And we've seen a lot of feedback forms, uh-huh. and a lot of them are terrible. They are asking the wrong questions. Like they're not even. That's a great point. They're not even asking the right information. I mean, I think a lot of these are designed to protect the confidence of the person who wrote them. You know, and often it's the person running the event. So they really don't want to hear negative things. So they structure the questions in a way that they can only answer good things or check the box boxes yes or no. Um, but really the value is if you can suck it up and ask questions that how, how can I improve? What can we do better? What's one thing that you need to know more about that I didn't cover sort of thing? Then yes. that's when you start getting some super powerful information that can really change the way you deliver your content. And one more point on that. I love that you said that it's all through the questions and it's all from the angling, but also mm-hmm. always somehow frame up so there's time to fill out that form. So if you're doing a live event, for example, you want to make sure and write that that actual filling out of the feedback form into your actual um, syntax, what you're doing in the content. Because I've seen so many times where at the end – People just chuck a feedback form at you or the, the staff will just give you a feedback form when you're leaving the room. You want to actually have a moment where music goes on or whatever. There's a silent moment. Take three minutes, please, right now. Do the feedback form. Then we're going to come up and wrap up with another little bit of chunk of content. Same thing for business as well. So how can you entice people to feed, to fill out that form as part of the process of working with you rather than an afterthought? So you really want to think about how you're incorporating it into what you're doing. And this is not going to be the how to run an events program. So we'll no, we'll, I know. we'll move on because uh, you and I could speak about that for hours <laughs> for as ages, well. Exactly. Um, anyway, so well, I guess the last one is uh, listening. How else can we? How else can we really improve the customer service by listening? What's uh, what's your thoughts on that one? Yes, so I have a story. <laughs> So one time there was this incredibly, you know, when we were newer in our business, which a lot of uh, still certain elements of this happened, but a lot of us in business, we have this huge thing called scope creep, which is basically where 
you know, you want to support the client as best as you can. So you end up taking on more and more and more and going way over the, the original proposal that you've both agreed on, or maybe the original proposal wasn't entirely clear. So mm-hmm. there, was a, there was a client we were working with, and the project pretty much got out of control from the original um, agreement of what it was going to be. Our fault, probably a lot of it. And I remember this time where he was very, very, very frustrated, and he called me and proceeded to launch into an attack of verbal <laughs> diarrhea <laughs> and uh-huh. literally very angry. And I thought, okay, what I'm going to do is just let him be heard. So I, you know, grabbed my, clenched my fist and I took deep breaths. And I just thought, I'm not going to say a thing. And over the next sort of five minutes, he ended up going from rage down to normal speaking voice and just basically said, look, I'm actually just really frustrated because it's taking a long time. And I realized that a lot of that is actually my fault. So just by letting him talk, letting him have a sounding board, letting him have a place to be listened to, it, the whole situation turned around and was actually, you know, it, turned, it wasn't ideal still, but it got better. Yeah, I think that's an important important one, just listening to what they've got to say. <laughs> I get that. When I was in the hotels, I'd get that all the time and add mm. alcohol and then they want to start throwing things like their fists and stuff. And sometimes you just have to listen, listen to them, get let it out. It's almost like letting out a balloon, really. Mm. You know, you've got this balloon and uh, when they start going crazy – um, that's the balloon. And, and once the air's all out of the balloon, they've got nothing left and they just want to talk normally. It's almost funny to watch. I know. And I, and I guess the, the key on that, I'll just, this comes with staffing as well, but for anybody, I mean, I always listen, I always have my dad's voice in my head. He, um, met, he was right up at the top of a big company in California and he managed 800 employees. And I said to him one time, I said, how do you, do that how do you that's 800 different personality types like Mm -hmm. how do you do that and he says you become a master at listening Mm. and when you do that they often will come into my office blah 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 cry rage whatever it is and they'll work out the exact problem themselves and I will literally just sit there nodding my head going yep yep Yep. I love that piece of advice. I think in any area of business, when you feel like you need to jump in and say something is often when you just, just do your best, hold your breath and let the other person keep talking. Can I ask you to tell a story about uh, the opposite of that that happened to you recently (laughs) where, where somebody wasn't listening, they're not the client, the actual uh, business owner wasn't listening and uh, and what happened and what was the result of that not listening? Well, one story comes to mind, but we have a lot of these stories, so I don't know if we're thinking of the same one. It, um, it was recently where it was, a, it was a third party. You happened to be privy to the conversation sitting there. Yes. With the okay. owner. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Thank you. This is a great example. So basically sitting there and um, I was in a meeting with a client and they ended up calling a third party in another supplier. and. It was on speakerphone, so I'm sitting there listening to the whole thing happen and unwind and started out really great, you know, great normal conversation between a supplier and, a, um, and you know, the, the client and everyone was having a chat about what was going on. Let's have a chat. Where are we at with things? So the client then ends up sort of saying, um, you know, what I need this, this, this from you. And then the, the, the person that, you know, hired them says, well, you're not doing this, this, and this. It ended up getting into this moment where 
The poor guy on the phone, he couldn't get a word in edgewise. And by the end of the phone call, he basically says, I don't want to work with you anymore. I feel nothing but disgust or, you know, uncomfortableness around this because I don't think you've heard anything I've had to say because he couldn't even get a word in. So it went from this great conversation at the start to by the end, he actually said, I don't want to work with you anymore. And he actually pulled out um, in, in the middle of a very important time, he actually pulled out half of his resources from the project because of that mm. exact conversation. Well, and just because this person couldn't listen to what his concerns were. Um, and, and then that's just, that, that happens all the time. It really all does. the time. All the time. Yeah. So when, when you know, I think listening is one of the most powerful, powerful skills because not only are you going to understand what your clients want more of, but what they want less of, just like we're saying with feedback forms, a sort of in-person <laughs> sort of scenario of that. So I like when people say, well, you've got two ears and one mouth. Go figure yeah. what's more important. Yeah, every leader says, you know, you've you got to master the skill of listening if you're really going to be a leader. Absolutely, so. yeah. There you go. There's the top four. So guys, be thinking about how you can use one of those, all of those, more of those in your business today to connect with your customers better. Yeah, definitely. Now, um, if you are listening to us on iTunes, listening, if you are listening, uh, we'd love to hear a feedback or review or a five-star rating or any star rating. Uh, please give us feedback. We, uh, we love it. And uh, we'd love to know how we can improve this show. So if you can do that for us, whether it's on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Podomatic, and all those other fantastic places, or even on our website, then we'd love to know about that. Heather, tell them about the Digital Traffic Institute. I was just going to say, yeah, guys, if you want to connect with Andrew and I a little bit more and actually get direct access to us, you can come on over to digitaltrafficinstitute.com. And Andrew and I do every couple of weeks, we do a live Q&A session um, on video and you can ask away all of your questions and we have lots of cool templates and things in there to help you grow your business. So if you like what you're hearing here on the podcast, come on by digitaltrafficinstitute.com and get to know us a little bit more and um, we would love to help you get some more traffic into your business. It's every second and fourth Thursday, I believe yes. we are live. You can ask us questions live. We, we do some education and then we open up to questions. If you've got a need to have somebody in your in your corner to help you with anything online, then we are there for you, digitaltrafficinstitute.com. Cool. Lovely. All right. All right. Thank you very much, H. We'll talk to you on the next episode. Sounds like a plan. And thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. All passengers and cabin crew should now be seated with their seatbelts securely fastened. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the first officer speaking. On behalf of your captains, Andrew McCauley and Heather Porter, we would like to thank you for taking the journey with us to autopilot your business. You are now closer to putting your own business on autopilot using the Internet. Of course, if you would like to rack up some frequent flyer points, visit our website, www.autopilotyourbusiness.com, or check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash autopilotyourbusiness. These frequent flyer points are totally useless, but the information is gold. Until we fly again, happy travels.